0: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Droegemeier, and today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi, Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football, but instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. For the Chargers, you get to watch Justin Herbert with your Pepsi, and there's really not much you can ask for besides that, except for maybe a win or two from the Chargers would be nice. But Pepsi is the refreshment that you will need to power you through any Chargers game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the L.A. Football Network. And we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, welcome in. A special thank you to anybody who is checking us out. For the first time, we really appreciate it and we hope you guys enjoy the show and a special thank you to all of our loyal listeners checking us out again and I think we have a really good show for you guys today because we have a lot to get into including to start the show. We'll talk about Colin Coward linking Bill Belichick of all people to the Chargers and also one Chargers writer thinking that this season is actually going according to plan. So you're going to have to hear the explanation behind that one. And then we're going to get into some voicemails. And we have a lot of really good voicemails this week. Of course, we haven't been able to get to all of them the last couple of weeks because you guys have just been coming through so much. We had another 12 this week. So we tried to stick to some that had very specific questions and the ones who kept it short. But we have a lot to get into there. We're going to be talking about if there was one coordinator, who would we keep? Should Anthony Lynn be fired midseason? More coaches being fired, of course. But also, you know, some alternative options at head coach besides Eric Biennemi later on in the show and much more. But let's go ahead and get into it. On Tuesday, Colin Cowherd said that Bill Belichick could make sense for the Chargers next head coach. And one Chargers writer actually thinks this season is going according to plan. This is Dan Wade joined by David Drogmeier with your Locked On Chargers lead story. One of the things that was circling the rounds of Charger fans' social media on Tuesday was the fact that Fox Sports' Colin Coward was talking about Bill Belichick potentially being someone that would make sense to go to the Chargers in LA as soon as next season. Obviously, that doesn't happen unless the Chargers' current head coach, Anthony Lynn, is relieved of his duties. But, David, this is something that we haven't really heard a lot of. I mean, Bill Belichick's contract itself is something you can't even find on the dark web, you know, let alone a normal website. We have no idea when his contract would expire. But when he was making the case for Belichick to potentially leave, you know, the place that made him or that he made, depending on how you look at it, and I do think that it's not totally crazy while still not thinking it would happen.
2: Thinking about the prospects of having one of the most legendary coaches of all time come over and coach the Chargers is obviously a very tantalizing thought. I mean, this guy has many, many Super Bowl rings, a lot of playoff wins, a lot of experience. We all know Bill Belichick is an incredible head coach, and this would surely be an earth-shattering move if you were to move from the Patriots to the Los Angeles Chargers. But there is plenty of reasons to believe this would be an attractive destination for any head coach. You have a young quarterback. You have a lot of great skill position players. You have some pass rushers. You have a lot of ingredients that a lot of head coaches would love to cultivate and try to groom in the manner that they want. But the only problem I see with this is that Bill Belichick with the Patriots has an incredible amount of control over player personnel decisions. He trades people at will. The, that amount of control and power is something that I don't believe the Chargers organization, the owner, Dean Spanos, would be comfortable handing over to Bill Belichick. And that for that reason, Daniel, I do not believe that this is something that is plausible that will actually happen.
1: Yeah, right now, Bill Belichick is the general manager and the head coach of the New England Patriots. So it would mean not only saying goodbye to Anthony Lynn, but potentially Tom Telesco as well. And I know some people would be happy about that too. But for the Chargers, I don't think that they would be able to fork up enough money to be able to get Bill Belichick to leave, you know, the place that he's comfortable in and the place that he has that much control. But I do think it makes sense as far as wanting to bring in money to the Chargers organization and attention, more importantly, in a crowded Los Angeles sports market trying to sell tickets. I mean, we saw the Chargers pursue Tom Brady during this last offseason, and that's not something that I thought I would be saying either. But I do think that the Chargers will probably go cheaper on the coaching options if they decide to let go Anthony Lynn. And I know Chargers fans don't want to hear this, but I'm not even 100% positive that they're going to do that. Going into 2021, just the way that they operate. But another thing that happened on Tuesday was Bolts from the Blue came out with an article by Kenneth Arthur saying that the Chargers' season could be actually playing out perfectly, which is definitely surprising to hear for Charger fans who have been, you know, loathing this two-and-six start from the team, especially with the way that it's happened. I guess you can make the argument that at least the team has stayed competitive, so they don't look like they're that far away, but. David, he actually lays it out all in here, why he actually thinks that this Chargers' terrible record to this point is actually a good thing.
2: Yeah, I think you have to do a little bit of reading in between the lines with this. I mean, this is definitely not a headline you're going to read and know what this story is. You have to get into it and read it for sure. But uh, he's basically saying that if the Chargers at 2-6, and six, if things continue the way they are going right now, Throughout the end of the season, the Chargers are going to be in a very unique position to be able to add talent or to be able to address positions of need while they have a young quarterback already under contract for several years to come. We've seen many different examples, like the Kansas City Chiefs, where they've been able to add talent around Patrick Mahomes and go out there and win a Super Bowl. The Chargers have the opportunity to do that. They can potentially get a young left tackle, they can get a young corner, they can get a pass rusher. There are There's a lot of skill position players, a lot of great talent on this team, but there's also several holes that need to be filled. And if the Chargers season ends the way it has started, then they're going to be in a great position to be able to add premium talent in the 2021 NFL draft.
1: Yeah. And for the Chargers, I do think this is hinged on the fact that right now they're the sixth overall pick. And I don't necessarily think that is going to stand. I mean, they've been So competitive in some of these games, it's hard to believe that they're just going to go two and six down the stretch, even though that's, you know, what they've been doing up until this point. But I do think the part about, you know, having a talented roster still, you know, that your team can be competitive and you can also address spots in the draft if you get a very high draft pick because you don't need a quarterback. So all the teams at the top of the draft will likely use those picks. On quarterbacks, teams like the Washington Football Team, the New York Giants, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Jets—all those teams could potentially take a quarterback. And now that you don't need one, you could get your pick of you know a lot of very skilled players. And and one of the things he said too was the worst case scenario is that Justin Herbert was a bust and you knew it in year one. So I would 100% agree with that. I mean, this is not the worst case scenario by any means, because the Chargers will have a good amount of cap space. They will be an attractive head coach landing spot if they decide to go that direction. And they'll also have a great draft pick, which they could use on an offensive tackle or a cornerback with Michael Davis and Casey Hayward Jr., both questionable for next year. Casey Hayward is a huge cap hit next year. Michael Davis is an unrestricted free agent. They could do a lot next season to build around this young quarterback on his rookie contract. And I think that itself makes the Chargers dangerous going forward. But we do have two more segments to get into because we do have to get into some voicemails. So in the next segment, we'll be talking about which coordinator we would keep if we had to keep one, And if we think the Chargers are making a mistake by not firing Anthony Lynn midseason to this point coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about a sponsor that I'm super excited about. And it's Axon Taser. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you in your glove compartment or your purse yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risk for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can harm you as much as an attacker, and that's often ineffective. Taser products are safer and they're easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape, and taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send response teams to your GPS location upon firing. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart defense products. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or the Taser Strike Light, which is basically a flashlight stun gun combo at Taser.com promo code NFL. You can save 15% right now at Taser.com promo code NFL, that's T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, guys. Well, it's time to get into some voicemails, and once again, into some voicemails. And once again, you guys really brought it for us. Twelve more voicemails this week, and we're not going to be able to get to all of them, but we are going to be able to get into some pretty interesting conversations. But I do want to start with something that David had actually vented some frustration about over the weekend. So let's start with Mike in the OC today with our first voicemail.
3: Hey, guys. What's up? It's Mike in the OC. Um, still watching the game right now, so I have nothing to complain about just yet. But um, what is your take on these announcers on Fox right now? Is it me or are they on the uh, Raiders broadcasting team? Uh, what do you guys think about this? Did you have to put it on mute like me? Crazy. Have a good one.
1: So, David, I know that you had seen this as well and noticed this as well from the Fox broadcast booth. I mean, it did seem pretty biased, especially early on. Mark Schlereth was absolutely unbearable
2: the first like say, two quarters of that game. I definitely had to mute it. It was very difficult to listen to. I was also trying to just sync up the radio broadcast for the Chargers because I just had enough. But I think somebody got into his ear like halfway through or towards the end and said, hey, you're being a little bit too partisan. But yeah, it definitely was tough to listen to.
1: Well, it's especially weird because Mark Schlaer is known for being a Denver Bronco, so he really shouldn't be biased to either of these teams. But I do think as an offensive lineman, uh, he was definitely drooling over the Raiders' offensive line more than Chargers fans would have liked. That's to be sure. But let's get into the next one. This is Nick in Colorado. Let's see what he has for us this week. How's it going, fellas? It's uh Nick in uh, Colorado uh,
4: calling back after that traffic game. Um, I think effectively the season is over now, so we can all stop hoping for a miracle. Um I thought the kid looked good again. Herbert looked good. Um, I gotta say, it's always Jenkins and Kaiser now missing tackles, making bad angles or taking bad angles, making crappy decisions. I saw Siri Adelie making some bonehead extra stuff on plays. Um, I noticed we can't get a push on the pass rush for anything. I mean, even Melvin, he's just running right into a brick wall. He's doing all this revving up before the, the, the snap. Coming up to the line all close, and then he just runs right into a a brick wall. It's just the season's done, man. I think let Anthony finish out the season, I guess, and get rid of him. Um, uh, I guess what do you guys think as far as moving forward? You know, should we get rid of him now? Should we? Uh,
1: so there's continuity. Keep him. Um, you know, let me know what you think, and hold up. Yeah, I mean, we knew that the pass rush was going to really struggle this week without Joey Bosa, but I mean, the lack of push, especially, you know, on the two deep plays, those don't happen probably if you can get immediate pressure. So I definitely understand the frustration there, but this is something a lot of people have talked about David firing head coach Anthony Lynn in the middle of the season. I've always said that I don't think they're going to do it during the season, but do you think that's potentially the wrong decision uh, to not move on for him right now, you know, after these tough games?
2: Yeah, I don't know about. I'm never. I've never been a big fan of letting coaches go in the middle of a season. I just think there's too much of a scramble and too much, mon- too many things you have to try to put together on the fly while you're also trying to prepare for your next opponent. I just don't like the idea of doing that. So uh, I don't think that they're going to do that. Is it the wrong decision? I mean, that's in in the eye of the beholder. Obviously, the Chargers aren't performing how we or anyone else had uh, anticipated this year. But I'm not a guy that likes to fire a guy mid-season.
1: Yeah, and I think if the Chargers had come out you know, really lackadaisical and they were just kind of laying over for teams, um, I think it might be a different situation. I mean, a lot of people have brought up, well, in Atlanta, since the Falcons ended up getting rid of Dan Quinn, they're 3-1. I mean, I would say that's probably the outlier and not the norm, but I do think there is something to getting somebody new in there that kind of reinvigorates the guys and they kind of rally around someone. But I don't think this team necessarily hates Anthony Lynn besides Desmond King. So I, I just think that it's probably not and the right thing. Desmond King's day. gone. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. But and who knows, you know, he probably could have handled that situation a little bit better as well. We'll never really know the full extent of things that were happening behind the scenes. But I do think Anthony Lynn is a player's coach, and I do think his coach, you know, his players respect him and try hard for him. But obviously that could be running, you know, thinner with each of these passing heartbreaking games. But this is the next one that I want to get into. This is Roberto Kong from Mexico and I just always love when people are calling in from other countries. It just really blows my mind to think of people outside of even California listening to the show. But Roberto also assisted on the news today. He actually sent me that video of Colin Coward. So thank you, Roberto. And also, thank you for calling into the show. I appreciate you calling in. Let's hear what he has for us.
3: Hello, guys. This is Roberto from Mexico. I just finished watching the game, and I don't really feel like talking about it. All i got to say is that I'm heartbroken, and I'm heartbroken especially for Justin. But anyways, uh, okay, so I think it's, it's, it is it is inevitable that we will have some coaching cha- changes for the next season. So I want to know who are your candidates, and what else would you do, guys? Like, would you keep any of the co- coordinators? I'm especially talking about the offensive coordinator. I know that you don't want to keep either the special teams guy or... So, yeah, I want to know your opinion on that, and I want to thank you guys for your fantastic work and for cheering me every day in this roller coaster season. Keep the work up, guys. Bye.
1: So this is interesting, David, because I think really what you need to know here is that if you fire Anthony Lynn, more than likely you're going to have to get rid of all of the coordinators. Whoever takes over will probably bring in their own staff. And the only person that scares me about is Shane and Obviously, George Stewart, uh, that would be a guy i would be okay if he got fired tomorrow. Uh, Gus Bradley, I would be okay if they fired him midseason, because I do think that could spark the defense a little bit. But the one person that I've talked about even in a couple of the previous shows That I would be scared to lose is Shane Steichen because I'm a big fan of how much better he has already gotten this season. 30.6 points per game over the past five games. And you're seeing him evolve on the fly. And I really want to keep seeing what that looks like with him and Justin Herbert paired together. Well,
2: I think you said the magic words right there. He's actually evolving. He's, he's, He's getting better as a coach. You know that's something that you you don't get to see materialize very often. I mean, especially when we're looking on the defensive side and we see no adjustments of any kind from Gus Bradley, we are seeing those from Shane Steichen, and we are seeing him grow and get better. And I do believe that he's only going to get better with time. We've seen it, so I think there's nothing to suggest that he's going to get any worse. I like everything I've seen from Shane Steichen,
1: and I would hate to see him go to another team. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And I do think even with some of the questionable play calling, the good has far outweighed the bad. But now we have to get to somebody calling from the team who just beat us as City, and that is Deuce calling from Vegas. Let's see what he has for us.
0: What's up, y'all? Deuce here from Las Vegas. Obviously, it was another heartbreaking loss. But I wanted to talk about the biggest source of optimism for the team right now, that being Justin Herbert. Uh, Obviously, in last year's draft, he went third amongst all of the quarterbacks. My question to you folks is, do you think he bo- he deserved to go third, right? Uh, both Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa have more wins under their belt at this point through their career than Justin Herbert, but if you ask me who I'd rather build a team around, I don't think that there's any doubt in my mind as to who the most talented, of those three quarterbacks has been, or at least has shown to be through this season. Uh, So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. And thank you folks again for providing us with this platform. uh, Bolt up and thanks again, y'all.
1: Well, Deuce, thank you for calling in. I appreciate you calling in. I know you had another call as well, and I think it will be answered by some of these other questions later on. But, this one is something that I think a lot of people have been, really been talking about all over social media because if you want to go back and redraft the draft right now, you're not going to really get a full product. You've only seen two games of Tua Tonga-Vailoa. You know, even Joe Burrow has only played you know just about half of a season and so has Justin Herbert. So it's obviously too soon to tell and obviously we're pretty biased. But I mean, if I had my pick right now, Knowing what I know about Justin Herbert, because what I didn't know was how much he would be able to improve so far and the things he would get so much better at, because I think with his physical abilities, if you knew the mental part was going to come along as fast as it has, I think you would have to take Justin Herbert number one overall.
2: I think so as well. I don't think you can really look at it any other way. Obviously, we we, we get the benefit of seeing all the stats and all the things that he's done since he's been named the starting quarterback of the Chargers. But I think you, you already know the intelligence part was there. You know the physical gifts were there, but you didn't know if those those physical gifts and the mental processing was going to add up with performance on the field. And so far, it definitely has, and it doesn't seem like there's any reason to believe that that is not going to continue for many years to come.
1: And for Joe Burr, I mean, he's about a hundred yards ahead of Justin Herbert after playing one more game than Herbert has so far this year. I mean, his passer rating is lower, his yards per attempt. Is much lower. He's 25th and Herbert is ninth in the NFL. Herbert is 14th in QBR. Burrow is 22nd. So the only person that thinks that, you know, Joe Burrow has been better than Justin Herbert so far this year is Pro Football Focus. And we don't have to talk about that. But what? I do, <laughs> I do think that if the Chargers were to redraft the draft tomorrow, I don't think there's any chance they're sniffing Justin Herbert with the sixth overall pick. I mean, I just think that with his talent you know and the leadership even that he's shown with the physical ability i just don't know how you would go in any other direction but that is going to wrap things up for this segment we do have a few more voicemails that we want to get into talking about you know how much do you pay hunter henry next year also talking about the browns disaster from a couple of seasons ago and then talking about some head coaching options outside of eric b who is a guy we're a big fan of coming up right after this but first I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar, which comes in 18 amazing flavors. And I've told you guys before with me, if even no matter how healthy it is, if it doesn't taste great, I'm not going to eat it. But Built Bar is different than most protein bars because they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft, and easy to chew, and you're not going to get that chalky taste that you can get from a lot of protein bars, too, and Bilt Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. It's great for the keto diet, and most importantly, it tastes great as well, and right now, we have a special offer. If you guys go to BillBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, for 20% off at BiltBar.com. All right, well, it's time to get into the last set of voicemails. We have a lot to get into, including, you know, maybe the Chargers' next head coach and guys outside of Eric Bieniemy. Also, talk about a disaster from a couple of seasons ago and much more. But we're going to start with Curtis Loki. You know, one of the guys we have that calls in a lot and always brings it. So it's here with Curtis. has for us this week. Hey
5: guys, Curtis Loki. Uh, just calling uh, a little later after the game. Um, it is what it is, man. Like I said before, you know, I the season's over, but, I mean, it doesn't mean we don't have to win games, right, especially ones against the Raiders, but I did want to take some positives out of the game, like, um, I think I think the most beneficial thing to come out of this season so far is that we're kind of noticing players on the team, and, you know, that I just kind of feel like we can part with, you know, moving forward, um, once I'm comfortable with, you know, especially with contracts coming up, and uh, ones that I'm, I'm super stoked that we still have and are going to benefit Justin Herbert down the road, and I mean obviously Keenan Allen's all locked up and he's been a vital part of Justin Herbert's growth. Uh, Mike Williams and him I think are also gonna grow together for for years to come. Um, you know, who knows? maybe Calen Ballage ends up being that one two punch with Eckley when he gets back. Um, but to see players like Hunter Henry um over the course of the net, you know, the past few weeks, just kinda I don't want to say he's lost in this offense. It could very well have to do with his um his uh his type of play and or just the fact that Justin Herbert prefers to go deep down to receivers. But uh I mean he's obviously a really good run blocker, but we're not seriously gonna pay this guy um this you know Austin Hooper money, right? I mean there's other there's so many other holes in the team, whether it's aging corners or um lack of a, a true a true uh you know, a true safety at this point. Um and, you know, some more interior D line. I mean, yeah, we have Derwin James at safety, Nizier Adoui, who knows, maybe he'll continue to grow, but there's so many issues on defense and, and you already know what the issues are on offense and that's primarily offensive line. So um just wanted to take some positives away from it. I mean there's I'm I'm just super excited for really next year in the off season and how we go about having that conversation about, you know, the draft and, you know, hey man, we're one step closer to getting that tackle from Oregon at this point, you know, and and, you know, whoever else is is good um, that we can use. So um, whenever you guys get a chance, I did have one more question, though. And it may be too early for you guys to find comfort in having this kind of conversation. But um, say, you know, who do you guys think we're going to end up parting with? And who do you think will end up resigning after this season? And how much money will, we, will the Chargers have
1: to play around with in free agency? All right, love the show. Look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Go Bulls. So, Curtis, there is definitely a lot to unpack there. I mean, I think Kalen Balaj, you know, being the one two punch with Austin Eckler is something that you can get excited about. But let's not discount how good Troy Main Pope was even the week before. I mean, both of them were impressive over the last couple of games. Kalen Balaj did that averaging less than five yards per carry, though. In his other game, Troy Main Pope, the game he was concussed, was averaging 6.7 yards per carry so both of those guys I mean as guys that didn't even start the year on this roster are both you know guys that we could get excited about but I do want to stick on this point with Hunter Henry because I do think that is something a lot of fans are wondering because the one thing we wanted to see was can he stay healthy the entire season and he has but the results have been unspectacular David so Austin Hooper is a guy that's had a four-year 44 million dollar contract but I also think that, I mean, that's not even the top contract, you know, for tight ends right now. And you look at George Kittle, you know, what Travis Kelsey has. I mean, really, they're going to start going for much more than that. And I do think if his season so far, even with him staying healthy, has not really made the picture any clearer on whether the Chargers are going to resign him. Yeah, I mean, anytime you only got one touchdown through
2: eight games, it's definitely not a glowing example of your contributions or your worth to your to your particular franchise. And to Hunter Henry's credit, he has stayed healthy, but he hasn't been that productive. But also, a counterpoint to that is that he hasn't really been involved in the game plan that much, Daniel. I mean, he hasn't really been thrown, you know, he hasn't had the ball thrown to him very often. And we already knew we saw in the the last you know past few years that. This guy is a catalyst. When you use him and you and you utilize him in the game plan, it's just not something that we've seen so far this year. It's more been the shots down the field, which hey, they you know they're a lot sexier and they obviously have been very productive so far this year. But I think if you saw him get more. Uh, utilize or more involved in the game plan, you'd see those numbers uptick. And also remember, there's eight more games left in the season, so there's plenty of time for Hunter Henry to flip those stats and increase his money or secure the bag, if you
1: will, uh, for his next contract. Yeah, I mean, he still has been targeted the second most on this team, I mean, by 13 targets. So, I mean, he is getting the targets. His catch percentage on those targets hasn't been great, and I think it's the depth of target that really hasn't been exciting either. I mean, most of the time we're seeing Justin Herbert find Hunter Henry, it's for, you know, just a quick seven yard pass, you know, and now you're in second and three. So we haven't really seen the explosiveness from Hunter Henry that we've seen in years past, and we definitely haven't seen the touchdowns either. And like we've seen with Donald Parham, it seems like they're much more likely to target him in the red zone. I mean, he has more touchdowns than Henry Henry does so far this season too. So I'd like to see him get more involved down there. And I'd like to see, you know, if him and Herbert can get more on the same page so they can start, you know, turning more of those targets into receptions. Because so far it's 53 targets, 33 receptions. And the next highest player is Mike Williams with 40 targets. And then Keenan Allen alone, all top of the board with 86 targets. So far this season. But we do have some more voicemails to get into. So, But this time, we don't have a name for the voicemail caller. I would call him nameless, but we already have a nameless. So this is nameless, too. Let's hear what he has for us.
3: What's up, Locked On, guys? Um, Tuesday morning, driving to work here. Just watched that Monday night football game between the Patriots and the Jets. And uh, it a uh, little deja vu hit me, a little reoccurring theme. And the worst possible thing for that game was that the Patriots came back and won. I'll let you know why. Because, um... Is any the call you want to hear? But brace yourselves as the upcoming forecast. We're going to go back to 2016, Christmas Eve day. I traveled to Cleveland to the dog pound to watch the Chargers play the one or the 0 and 13 Browns. And uh, I think you guys know what happened there. We were the only win on the Browns schedule that season in that last second field goal. It was. The most terrible thing and it ruined my Christmas. And next week we are gonna play what are gonna be what, the zero nine or Owen ten Jets. I'm just saying, just prepare yourself for the season that we've had and the way things are going. Just be prepared to be the Jets only win of the season.
1: So I really struggled on whether to put this on the podcast because I do think it is something that Charger fans need to hear. But nobody wants to talk about that game because not only were the Chargers the Browns only win of that season. But they were the only win for the Browns over a two-season period. So I remember that game like it was yesterday. I think it ruined a lot of Christmases. And I do think it is you know, something that we should you know, be thinking about when the Chargers go up against the Jets. No game is safe, and the Chargers need to use that game in 2016 as a lesson as to why you can't take this Jets team coming up pretty quickly here any less serious than any other team. Not at all. I mean, I remember that game like it was yesterday, and it was just as
2: painful as every game that we have experienced the Chargers lose this year, if not worse, because we knew, everybody knew that that team was absolutely terrible. The Chargers just have this terrible knack of playing down to their competition or playing down to the teams that they're playing and not going out there and taking care of business, and that's been the biggest problem, and, yeah, that is that should scare you to death. Because the Chargers have lost all of their games by only one touchdown. So we know that if it's a close game, you should be terrified that the Jets will get that
1: first win. Yeah, and the only reason that one doesn't scare me as much is the one team that we've actually seen the Chargers beat this season with Justin Herbert as their quarterback was the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think at this point... For the Chargers to get wins they need a team that's going to screw things up worse than they can uh, and I don't think that the Jets have any incentive to win that game but
2: that's definitely a good point
1: <laughs> they didn't have any incentive to go up against the Patriots and do what they did on Monday night either you know they had the Patriots dancing around like they had won a Super Bowl after beating the winless Jets but, but that's just because nobody wants to lose to that team and we almost never see 0-16 teams these teams almost always end up picking up a win I know if a while back, I mean, it had to be 10 plus years ago at this point. I think the Chargers were the Dolphins, like one win of a season, too. So the Chargers have made a terrible habit out of, you know, playing down to their opponents and giving teams their only wins of seasons. But I do think the Chargers can pull this off. And it's crazy that I even have to say that about a Jets team. That's one of the worst that I've ever seen. But we do have one more voicemail that we have to get into after that cautionary tale. This is Ryan from Boston. Let's see what he has for us.
6: Hey, guys, this is Ryan from Boston, longtime Charger fan, first-time caller into the show. Really love what you guys do. Um, day after the game, uh, Monday, and uh, I just had some time to collect my thoughts. First off, crushing, crushing loss yet again. And for anybody who's been a long-time Charger fan, misery has just kind of become part of our DNA. I wish it would change, but here we are. Um couple of things. I was just curious to get your guys' thoughts on – Justin Herbert's performance as compared to Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I know Tua hasn't played very long, only a couple of games, but in my very biased opinion, I believe Herbert is the best of the three. Um, and I say this because I I see people on Twitter comparing Herbert to Tua, and you know people saying Tua is a winner, Herbert is not. But I I think it's a very lazy lazy argument because people, if they watch the games, with these, that none of these losses are actually Herbert's fault. Um, And then the second thing for me is, I see a lot of people calling for Anthony Lynn's head, myself included, Um, but my question is, if they were to fire him mid-season, who would they replace him with? And then if they were to wait till the off-season and get rid of Lynn, Gus Bradley, Shane Steichen, and I hope George Stewart as well, who do they go after? Because I'm not really sure who the options are out there besides um, Eric the Enemy. So, look forward to hearing your guys' responses on the podcast, and uh, go
1: vote. So, there's a couple things I want to touch on first before I get to the question, and that is, I mean, I do think Chargers fans have it written in their DNA, you know, that they're going to lose. But I also want to bring something else up, too, which is just that, for Charger fans, I know how it feels to be heartbroken after games. I I know all of those things, but... The one thing that it does bring is like when you get that win, even a regular season win, even the win against the Jaguars, especially if they get a close one, it's just going to feel so much sweeter. I mean, it's just going to feel so great. Like when you look at the Chiefs, it's definitely
2: euphoria for sure.
1: Oh, I mean, for sure. It's just like the Chiefs don't get hyped up over a win against the Panthers. You know what I mean? Like when you win so much, it definitely takes some of the love out of winning unless you win a Super Bowl. But right now it's going to feel like, you know, Cloud nine just to get a regular season win whenever that comes, especially if it comes against Tua. And I do agree that the thought that Tua is better than Justin Herbert because he's two and zero in his starts is one of the laziest things I've ever seen. Ridiculous. So we don't Please have to get into that, with that because we yeah. had to get into this: who the next Chargers head coach could be. If it's not Eric Bieniemy, and we all know we're Eric Bieniemy guys, I just like the way. I mean, I really would go with a defensive guy if I had my pick of it, but there's just something about Eric Bieniemy. That I really like and and that's actually less likely to happen now because now if the Chargers were to take Eric BNB because of new NFL rules they would actually have to give them basically two third round picks it wouldn't come from the Chargers but they would get two compensatory picks so I mean the chances of the Chargers doing that are slim to none I would say at this point and you know, adding fuel to the fire of the Chiefs to continue their greatness. But David, who do you think outside of Eric Biannimo? We haven't talked about a ton of guys, and it's not clear who is going to be the options, who are going to be the options at this point, but who would you look at? All
2: right, so on my list, I got four guys, and I, like you, definitely want a defensive guy as the head coach of the Chargers. I've seen too many offensive guys, and that that ship has sailed for me. Okay. I'm done with that. So the first guy for me is Don Martindale, the Ravens defensive coordinator. The Ravens defense has been spectacular for the last several years. So I would definitely not mind seeing him as the Chargers head coach. If I had to go on the offensive side, I think I'd probably go Greg Roman just because we've seen how much success he's had with, with a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Uh, obviously we have a, a mobile quarterback with Justin Herbert. So it'd be, interesting to see what the type of things that he'd be able to do, who, the things he'd be able to cook up in the lab for Justin Herbert. But also I'd like to see, you know, the 49ers defensive coordinator, coordinator Robert Sala. I wouldn't mind seeing that uh, either. The They've had a phenomenal defense as well. And then the last guy I would go with is David, Dave Tobe from the Chiefs special teams coach. The Chiefs special teams have been great the last several years. I mean, I think tops of the league in DVOA for special teams. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. And also you got to remember the special teams, they kind of have to look at all aspects of things. So I think you'd be more well-rounded in that aspect. So, so those are some of the guys I'd like to see as the next coach of the Chargers.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely like some of those options. I mean, week Martindale is pretty old. I don't know if he's going to be getting his first head coaching gig here, or I mean, another head coaching gig. I don't know if he's actually coached As a head coach in the NFL, if it was, it was a long time ago. But I mean, I do like Robert Sala a lot, especially with that defense. I mean, obviously they've had some rough games here and there, but they're one of the only teams that's more injured than the Chargers, and they've still had some pretty respectable performances with them missing, you know, their Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa and a bunch of other players that they've been missing so far this season. But it's weird because you look at some of the really good guys like you know Sean McVay, offensive guy. You know, Matt LaFleur, offensive guy, Sean Payton, offensive guy, even though he's not a new coach, but you Click Kingsbury is an offensive guy. We've seen a lot of offensive guys have success. We've also seen guys like Josh McDaniels be just a train wreck. You've seen, you know, Matt Nagy with a great defense and a terrible offense. It's so hard to tell. I mean, even Joe Brady, if you're going offense in Carolina, just, you know, bring some of that Sean Payton stuff, some of that LSU stuff. From last year, I mean, we've seen how much LSU has struggled so far this year without him. So I think there are a lot more options out there than just Eric Bieniemy. But with the last two coaches that you've had before, even Anthony Lynn were Mike McCoy and Norv Turner, I mean, it makes you not want to go with an offensive guy, but we've gone long. We gotta wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow for Crossover Thursday, talking with the Locked On Dolphins. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On LAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there, and it's the fastest and easiest way to get the show. If you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, I don't think I gave out the number today. The number is three two three. and we try to get as many charged voicemails as we can on the show but that is going to do it for us today we'll be back with you tomorrow until then take it easy and go bolts